This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Oh dear, misery. Misery today, ladies and gentlemen. Not just because the weather's a bit miserable, and the weather is a bit miserable today, but it's Valentine's Day, and every year I get more... Actually, it's a funny thing, I'm lying to you. I'm lying to you, there's no point lying. I do not get depressed about Valentine's Day. I get depressed thinking of the amount of money that you spend on chocolates and flowers and so-called romantic food, all to tell the person you've been shacked up with for the past God knows how many years uh, means that you fancy them. Well, I mean, it doesn't work like that at all, does it? Meaning you fancy them means a shared bank account. You know, if they're going to trust you, if they don't trust you with a shared bank account, get them out straight away. Be like Yorgie Porter. Be so dreadfully dull and dreary that after two months they've ditched you because you've got nothing to talk about. It's a bit like poor old Amy Childs. What conversation? Nothing at all. Over in the jump, Joe Swash. He's an intelligent one. Bankrupt now, isn't he? For the, uh, I forget how many times, it twice. I lose track of these people. They just seem to sort of go, oh, I can't be bothered to pay tax. You know, that's only for peasants like you, so I'll put myself bankrupt. And, uh, and he's going out with Stacey Solomon. Watch your money, Stacey. Watch your money. Put it in your bank account and keep it there, love. Keep it there. He's not working that much. He's not working that much. And I wouldn't like to think that you were going to be taken advantage of because she's very nice and she's very sweet. And uh, Joe Swash, little bit, little bit dirty boy, I'm afraid. Not the sort of person you'd want to take home to your mother. And he comes with children as well. I think he's got... I forget how many children he's actually got. <laughs> so I'm just waving at a friend of mine who's got a balloon, a Valentine's Day balloon. How sad is that? I just got... I mean, I, I, when I walked through the, the supermarket... Oh, yeah, so anyway, so yesterday, yesterday, uh, I'd had in my diary for a while a friend of mine uh, who comes down to London every so often because he's got friends down here, and um, they were going after... It was some car place, I think. I can't remember where it was. Middle of nowhere, he said. And I said, well, let's meet up later before you head back up to Manchester. Shows how young people are nowadays. So he was out on the town on the Friday at this do... Uh, then he gets up in the morning, then he comes to have lunch with me, then he goes back up to Manchester, two hours on the train, and then he's off out to another birthday party. I said, I'd, listen, I'd have been asleep on the train and stayed on the train. I couldn't just put me into a siding and leave me there. I'd be more than happy. So anyway, so I come into town. It's a bit miserable. I did find a parking space, thanks to the Almighty. I often, if, if, in, if in times of doubt... I do go, dear Lord, can you find me a parking space without having to drive around using up gallons of petrol? And lo and behold, one materialised right in front of me. So I took that, and I thought, I'd better do four hours, because I never know how long my lunches are going to take. And it took three and a half hours. So how much do you think that was? 18 quid, ladies and gentlemen, to park in Covent Garden for four hours. 18 pounds. You know, you need to go home and check your bank account details to make sure you've still got money at the end of the day. So we had a very nice uh, lunch, and then I'm, I'm just so, we, we're just sort of finishing up, and we've been sort of catching up on the gossip and who'd done what with whom and for how much and why and all that kind of stuff. And this bloke comes over and he goes, "Are you Steve Allen?" Which is sort of you know you you get this occasionally you get it occasionally because obviously you know there's not many people wearing Tommy Bahama shirts in the middle of bloody winter singing Joe Allen's, and so I said yes. He said, "My friend Mike." is your biggest fan over there. So there's a, there's a table, there's, there's two men and two women. And uh, I thought they were obviously in town to go to the theatre. And uh, Mike said, no, and his wife said, no, we only came here because you talk about it all the time. So we wanted to see what it was like. So I said, did you enjoy it? And they went, yes, we did. So I thought, that's great. So I promised to give Mike a mention this morning, who was deeply embarrassed by the whole thing, you know, as indeed I was. And so we did that. Then we walked up to the BAFTAs to have a look and see how it was all going. So that's why I was intrigued when... Um, uh, when everybody was talking about going and queuing up, I never understand why people stand. Have your autograph, have your autograph. They are, they, are, they are professional, odd people who stand outside somewhere for days on end. 
sometimes days. We've had it, you know, if, if there is one place in London where you get people queuing, it's Leicester Square. All the, uh, you know, Benedict Cumberbatches and all these other people have been in film, you know, the One One Direction, they were there for, uh, I think, three days, the girls. Harry Potter and uh, and the big thing that took place in Trafalgar Square, three days the girls were out there, he- shepherded and herded into cages, literally. And then they were allowed out every so often to go to the toilet and have a wash. And apart from that, they just sort of sat on the floor. It's deeply depressing to watch. Deeply depressing. Uh, just let me a quick look at you at the, uh, the resume of uh, Joe Swash, whose name is Joseph. Uh, an English presenter, I think not. An actor, well, I don't know about that. But um, let's see, see what he's done, shall we? Let's have a quick look. So uh, he appeared as a participant in Club Reps. He's appeared with his sister on a Saturday morning show called Ministry of Mayhem. Never even heard of it. And uh, then he turned up in EastEnders, uh, and he was sort of, he was, he was Mickey Miller, uh, which was that. Then he did I'm a Celebrity. Uh, then he did I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here with Caroline Flack and Russell Kane. Russell Kane was dreadful at that, the most unfunny man you'll ever find. Flack was then replaced by Laura Whitmore, who was the most boring person I've ever seen on the television. And Kane was replaced by comedian Rob Beckett, who I think is the one who's got all the teeth. And he was then replaced by David Morgan, who you've never heard of either. And then Swash appeared in Hole in the Wall as a team captain. Uh, then he was with Rufus Hound, Sarah Cox. And then he was uh, Fake Reaction, dreadful programme. And then he did Buttons. And that's about it. He did Guinness Book of Records. And um, his background is a mixture of Irish, Scottish and Italian. Grew up in Islington. Uh, his dad was a London taxi driver. Uh, died of a heart attack when he was 12. They say Swash was dubbed the Swash Buckler. Uh, he used to go out and he was partying and all the rest of it. And it was uh, a bit of a shame, really. But anyway, his fiance in 2007 was somebody called Emma Sokolukus something. So- Sophocles, is it? Sophocles? Emma Sophocles. Oh. She gave birth to their first child, a boy named Harry Swash. Then it was announced the couple have separated. Then he was in a relationship with Cara Toynton, uh, who played his on-screen sister. Then he was declared bankrupt over a tax bill. And uh, his agent uh, said it was a mix-up and he's not in financial difficulty. Then he was background- bankrupt again in 2013. I mean, it's just hilarious, really. And so now he's with... Um, with what's-a-face, and I hope, hope it lasts. But given his track record, I can't see that lasting at all. He needs to hang on to somebody who um, who could sort of basically help him through because he's not the brightest penny in the box. In fact, he's not the brightest penny out of the box either. <laughs> I love using that line. It always makes me smile. And so he's done loads of other bits and pieces. But uh, to be honest with you, nothing. It, it isn't so much of a career. It's more just sort of filling in the gaps in the diary. And that's all it turns out to be. He's done through the keyhole, celebrity dinner date, reality bites, the chase... You know, all the Take Me Out Christmas special. He played himself. I mean, you'd have to be desperate, wouldn't you? So, it, no like... Oh, nobody likes you at all. <laughs> Not going to be bothered booking you for, for anything. And then he turns up in a couple of Keith Lemon things, which is about the level. He's been in Total, total Wipeout. I don't think he was... I can't remember what he did in that one. The Cube celebrity special. Oh, blimey. I love the way that they, on The Voice, they were, they were saying the other day, they said, it's going to move to ITV, The Voice. And I said, oh, that's quite nice. And I go, Will I Am is in the paper today. He hasn't decided if he wants to move with it. You're, you're mistaking uh, William for the fact that they're remotely interested in having you. You're a bit of a bore on the BBC version. Why would you want to bore us on the ITV version? Anybody will tell you that on ITV, the job will go to Philip Schofield, it'll go to Holly Willoughby, and it'll go to Anton Deck. You don't get a look in, mate. You don't get a look in. You know, you, you've already burnt your bridges. Nobody's interested. Goodbye. Choo, choo, choo. 
Dreadful, honestly. Mylene Class is pictured in the papers. Believe it or not, she's on holiday yet again. She must be earning an awful lot of money. Mind you, having spoken, as I say, to James Martin, and uh, he's got this theatre tour coming up. Well, most of it's sold out already. Most of it's sold out, because I think it starts this... I think it starts this coming week. And he's looking for... I know he's looking forward to it. He's, he's, he's ever so nice. Seriously, he's, he's been in before. When he came in, they said, oh, uh, James, this is Steve. And he said, no, we've known each other for a long time. <laughs> a long time. And I, he's just nice. He's very genuine. He's a very genuine person. You know, you get some people in the business and you think, I don't think you're actually that, that genuine. He's very genuine, but he likes his cars. And he just spent the time taking the mickey out of my car. I felt quite hurt by the thing. And then he showed me one of his... One of his. So he starts 22nd Glasgow, week tomorrow. Then he goes Edinburgh, Newcastle, Harrogate, York, Bridlington, Grimsby, Blackpool, Nottingham, Sheffield, Southport, Bradford, Preston, Birmingham, Liverpool, Manchester, Blackburn, Landudno, Stoke, Croydon. I told him about Croydon. We talked about Croydon. Bath, Bournemouth, London. He's playing the Hammersmith, Apollo, Brighton and then Portsmouth. And uh, it'll do very well, actually. He's, it, you can find the details on jamesmartinchef.com. jamesmartinchef.com. Or he's on the Live Nation website. And it's, it's not just cooking. It's everything. It's everything. He's got lots of celebrities, uh, guests, including Mary Berry. And it'll be really good. And then this big surprise at the end, which we couldn't talk about. And he never talked to me about it either. Just Because I always say to people, if, if there is a surprise there, for God's sake, don't tell me. Because at some point in the proceedings, I might forget where I am and tell people what the thing... And, I, and then afterwards, somebody says to me, did you mention so-and-so? And I go, was I not supposed to? And they go, no, you were not supposed to say... I was, oh, God, I'm so sorry. So I always say to somebody, if it's, if it's really a secret, please, please, don't don't tell me. And then, the, and then my curiosity gets the better of me. And I said, oh, go on, tell me. <laughs> that I wish they hadn't told me. I'm ridiculous. I'm, you know, I mean, I just can't keep secrets. I don't know why. Sometimes I tell people things and I think, oh, I shouldn't have, I really shouldn't have said that. That's something that's really confidential. <laughs> but good fun anyway. Uh, anyway, so on the programme this morning, as I'm going to try not to mention the fact it's Valentine's Day because I appreciate the fact that there are single people listening. Quite a few. My friend Jordan is single. My friend Danny is single. In fact, actually, I know most single people. The producer's single. Everybody's single. But there again, does it really matter? We, we did come to this conclusion the other day after a bottle of Prosecco. We did come to the conclusion that it didn't actually matter if you were single. What's, what's the point of being, of being sort of in a relationship where somebody's going, where are you going? Who, what do you mean, who with? Well, why did you not phone? Oh, it just gets too hassly, doesn't it? Whereas you want a nice, uncomplicated relationship. Basically, somebody who doesn't live with you and just pops around, you know, once every couple of weeks or something like that, and then they just leave you alone. Because in this business, it's physically impossible. Well, it's not physically impossible, but it's quite difficult to have a relationship with somebody who goes, let's go out during the week, and you go, I can't. I'm going to bed early. And they go, oh, that's right, you never take me out. And you go, well, listen, I can't help the job. Well, you'd pack up the job, wouldn't you, if you loved me. And you think, well, I don't love you that much. Used to be years ago, do you love me enough to buy me a butter kissed? Used to be this sort of popcorn kind of stuff. And I thought, no, oh, that's right. The other one was, do you love me enough to give me your last Rolo? <laughs> to hell. You're joking. No chance. Last Rolo in the packet. Who's having it? Me. And they brought out a gold Rolo, which was the last Rolo or something. Oh, how ridiculous it was, honestly. Would you like to share that with me? No. No, I wouldn't. Don't want to share it with you. Why not? Because I'm mean and stingy. We talk about birthday parties and uh, 
<laughs> Jordan's got his birthday party coming up soon. I, I said, well, th- thanks for inviting me. He said, no, he said, I, w- I didn't invite you. He said, because you've got work the next day. He said, you're not going to make it to Manchester. Do a party and get back down to London in time to do the programme. I said, you're right. I said, and the show comes first. I said, but you're still meanie for not inviting me in the first place. And, uh, and I said, I had my birthday party at the Hippodrome. Uh, we had a room, we had food, we had an open bar, I know, generous to a fault. And then I sat on the bus going home, the N22, the night bus. How sad was that? But I thought it was great. I, was just, I just didn't want to get involved in a fight because I looked fairly smart. And, um, and I thought, that's what it is, isn't it, nowadays? So if you're single today and you're getting a bit panicky because it's Valentine's Day and people will be having cards delivered, don't worry about it. My friend Danny has written his own card and sent it to himself so that nobody will think, oh, he didn't get a, a, a Valentine's card. I've sent 30. And, uh, no, cause it who cares? It doesn't matter, does it? Listen, if, if your old man or old lady gets up now and goes, oh, I'm just nipping out, they're going to the garage. Seriously. And what do you get? You get a bunch of faded old flowers. There'll be some naff bit of chocolate in a heart shaped. What do, who wants that? You don't want that. You want this programme. I know you do. I've seen the figures. Quarter past six. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 6.20. Happy Allentine's Day. Happy Allentine's Day. Not my gag. Not my gag. Adam and Stuart came up with that one. I'm trying to resist talking about Valentine's Day because, I'm, to be honest with you, I am a romantic. I, I like to think of myself as a romantic, but I can't be doing with all the sort of the messy business, you know, the buying. And I love seeing all the flowers, but give them a couple of days, they'll be reduced in price. Give them to them later. Does it make, does it really, if you've been married for, you know, anything more than three years, A, that's a miracle, well done you. But secondly, I mean, do, do you budget for Valentine's Day? Do you have to get a card? Do you have to get balloons? I know they do look nice, but I mean, does it really does it get you any more than you were getting before? I don't know. I thought it was a bit of a sweetener for some people, actually. Uh, Anna Marie says, "Happy Valentine's." Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to be bored with this. I could tell, actually. Uh, I didn't see the double-page spread in Saturday's Mail newspaper on Eamon Holmes. Uh, Leo, how I wore my old hips out in the bedroom. I know he's saying in one of the Sunday papers, whether it's a lifted one, I, I, I don't know, a lifted interview. Uh, it's a case of um, uh, Ruth's wearing me out in the bedroom. She wore the old ones out, the hip replacements. Now she's wearing the new ones in. Anybody else keep thinking? If you think of Eamon Holmes actually doing anything, it's like a giant wardrobe falling on Ruth with the keys still in the lock. Anybody get that, that, that image now? You probably do, I should imagine. It's, why, would, why would an old man want to tell you about what he's doing in the bedroom? It's bad enough looking at him clothed without thinking what he looks like with no clothes on. Good Lord. Uh, it cost me, says Les, £18 uh, for a night at a Brighton hotel to park. £18. Good God. Well, I thought if you... Must have been a very funny hotel. I mean, most uh, hotels I, I park at for free. But uh, if I, as I was parking in uh, Covent Garden yesterday, £18. Woo. Uh, and Fion says, I love you more than hot buttered toast. <gasps> wow. Hot, you can't love anybody more than hot buttered toast. It's not, it's not physical. Or hot buttered crumpets. It's not physically possible, is it, really? <laughs> I mean, that is the most delightful thing in the world. Not for me. Not for me, but I, I, I get the image and I can see the image in my mind of what hot buttered toast looks like. And it's always... It's, it's always that bread that makes an awful lot of mess everywhere. Uh, lovely interview, says Mo, with James Martin. Always comes across as honest and friendly. He's absolutely lovely. They both were, seriously. Both were lovely. Really, really lovely people. And James, because I've, uh, I've done him a few times before, he's really, really nice, actually. It's, it's, not, it's not what you call a difficult interview. You don't have to sort of work too much to do it because it's just a conversation and it works very well. Because I didn't even know about the cars. 
At my age of 59, says Sally, the last thing I want to do is to begin washing somebody else's dirty pants and socks and all the other messy things that go with a relationship. Single and very happy. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you totally. I, I, I think it's fantastic. I was listening to LBC yesterday, going home from London. Oh, the traffic was dreadful. The traffic was so bad. Because after we finished, I then uh, dropped Jordan off down at Euston Station so we could get his train back. And... Um, it was just, the traffic was horrendous. And it was light rain. And you know that light rain that goes on the car that you think, this is real. oh, it's so annoying. It's so annoying. Every sort of you've got to put the windscreen wipers on. And then people, tourists, just step into the road. Seriously, how you never kill people in London? I've got no idea. They just, they just step into the road. It's ridiculous. So when they said today, they said, oh, the weather forecast is going to be mixed. I thought, oh, please not. Not for Valentine's Day. Not that it makes any difference. Not that it makes any difference. So we, we will get through it. We'll have a nice day and it'll be, uh, it'll be absolutely lovely. And it'll be lovely for all of you as well. I'm quite sure. Uh, <laughs> Hayley says, if you're, if you're stuck for something to do Valentine's night, I can cook you a Chinese meal. And then we could, she said, just bring a bottle and some Judy Garland records. I think my idea of hell, actually. Have you seen the giant Warburton crumpets yet, says little Julie? No, but I did see the Warburton's lorry in Twickenham the other day. Um, and uh, and that, that looked quite nice. I can't, I'm trying to avoid eating bread or anything else like that. I don't want to, I don't want to eat anything like that. Even though I talk about hot buttered toast on the programme and crumpets with peanut butter on or marmite or something like that. I can't do it. I can't do it. What did I have this morning before I came to work? I don't know why. Because the moment I'd eaten it, I wanted to go to sleep. Prawn cocktail. It's not normal, is it, at three o'clock in the morning? But there you go. Nobody ever said I was normal. Uh, so in the papers for today, you know roughly what some of the stories will be. It'll be the bunch of old hooey that we've had during the week. For example, during the week we had uh, Dave and Victoria Beckham, the publicity shy and really try and shy away from any sort of publicity at all to do with themselves. I think it must be some ego trip, mustn't it? How many times can we get in the British press? And the answer is almost on a daily basis. And so they were sort of... Um, People saying, oh, they're going to be spending six months of the year apart. So then the Sunday people today, Posh and Bex, we're stronger than ever. Well, what does that mean? It's a load of old codswallop, isn't it? What do you mean? What do you mean you're stronger than ever? And then there was talk about there may be another child. So in other words, if ever the press get a whiff of the fact that Brand Beckham might be dismantling itself, they go, we might have another child. And she goes, Dave, now... You could just see it, can't you? I could just see it. Because uh, she's pictured with him on the front. Whether it's a current picture, I don't know. David... Uh, they say Poshenbecks were closer than ever and we're thinking about baby number five and he is planning to buy a Miami pad. Makes you wonder how many how many sort of houses they need, actually. One over here. But apparently the uh, the boys' education is the uh, is paramount in their mind. You'd never think so, would you? I've never seen any pictures of the kids going to school. There's also the story of the Pope. Pope John Paul II, they say, may have been involved in a forbidden romance with a married woman, according to new claims. The Polish-born pontiff, one of my favourites, I have to tell you, uh, is said to have fallen in love with a Polish-American academic and exchanged steamy letters with her for four years. Wow. Steam. You can't imagine the Pope writing steamy letters. Well, I can't, anyway. Pope John Paul II. He was my fa- He just looked like the Pope. He looked like the Pope. He looked like the Pope was supposed to be. Uh, she married in '95. Uh, because they, they did a philosophical study uh, back in the 50s, when they were in their 50s. She stayed close to him until his death in 2005. There's a BBC Panorama programme. A Vatican spokesman said Pope John Paul II had never breached his vow of celibacy. In other words, he'd never actually had, you know, carnal relations. But uh, that doesn't mean to say that he can't fall in love with somebody. 
doesn't mean to say that, it's just that he has to wrestle with his conscience a little bit more than most people. But to be honest with you, he looks such a nice old man. Seriously. And he was just a nice old man, but, you know... And then he died, and that was it. 2005, I can remember. They have to lie in state in Vatican City in the uh, in the Basilica. Oh, dear. embarrassing. If you've got dirty shoes or something like that. And, uh, and look after him, they did. But uh, so, he fell in love with somebody romantically. It's a, you know, when you become Pope, you don't just sort of not think about things. It's just that you have to wrestle with your conscience. Uh, they're talking as well about uh, cheaper rail fares being hidden on ticket machines, and it can add hundreds to the trip. If you look at the uh, the price of tickets, I mean, I don't I, I don't buy rail tickets, but there's one here. Uh, this is from destination London to Liverpool. Buying online, hundred and twelve pound fifty. I'm assuming these must be return. Uh, ticket office, one hundred and seven pounds. Ticket machine, three hundred and twelve. I mean, that's a Hell of a lot of money. Birmingham, destination, London to Birmingham. Buying online, 44 quid. The ticket office, 75. Ticket machine, 170. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a minefield for you people who spend all their time whizzing up and down. And don't get me wrong, I love train travel. Big fan of train travel. I could, I could fall asleep. I said to, to Jordan yesterday, I said, I could easily fall asleep on a train. You know, if I'm in a nice comfy seat, just, just dim the lights down. Let, let me wander off to sleep. I don't know why they don't turn the lights off on a train once it gets going. And you can have individual lights, like on a plane. So that for those people who want to sleep on a train... Oh, can you imagine? And if you could recline the seat backwards. That's the future, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, if you're going to Glasgow, destination London to Glasgow. Buying online, £111.50. Ticket office, 281 Ticket machine, £365. It's a lot of difference. A lot of difference. You need to check... You really do. Sometimes it, it, it is cheaper to buy online. In fact, if you're going to Newcastle, London to Newcastle, if you buy it online, it's £90.90. £90. If you buy it at the ticket office, it's £258. That is a lot of difference. And if you buy it from the machine, £276. I mean, that is amazing. However, to York, online, £65.50. Ticket office, £208. Ticket machine, £224. I mean, it, it is a rip-off, isn't it, really? It is, especially if you don't know what you're supposed to be paying for these sort of things. Uh, more on the jump and how they've literally scraped the bottom of the U-bend to try and find people. Now, you might have to help me on these people. Uh, the stars who've been approached, Lizzie Cundy. Oh, God. Well, that old woman, what on earth would they be asking her for? She's nobody. She's just happened to be married to a footballer. She does a, the, one of the worst columns you've ever seen in OK magazine, where she just goes off to a... She has the most vacuous life ever. Really a waste of space. Uh, Lauren Simeon. Sorry, Lauren Simon. Who's she? Lauren... I've never even heard of her. She looks like she's some brassy thing, so she could be off one of those Sex on the Beach programmes. Megan McKenna is that foul-mouthed old bag who, again, came off a, a naff reality show. And somebody called James Hill. Who's James Hill? I don't know... J- Oh, Lauren Simon is off the Real House. Oh, she's that old bag. Oh, they're disgusting. They really are. They're put away. There's no class there whatsoever. I mean, the class is disgusting. And James Hill, I don't know who he is. Oh, he was on the. Oh, he's that one on the Apprentices. Eh? Oh, God, honestly. In other words, another person. But interestingly enough, Miss Great Britain, Zara Holland, who we didn't, um, we'd had no idea who she was. And I went, who is she? Two days she lasted, and they sent her home. Her skiing wasn't up to it. To be honest with you, all she's done is put makeup on and walk up and down on a catwalk. Not exactly the most intelligent thing I've ever seen. LBC News Time, 6.30 this Sunday. Steve Allen on LBC. Well, isn't it amazing? 
Have you just thought, you hear on the news the story about the lottery, so for weeks and weeks, roll over, then blow me down, somebody wins on Friday, somebody wins on Saturday. Against all the odds. What are the odds of that, actually? What are the odds of that happening? Did I actually buy a ticket? No, I didn't. Somebody says, you're never alone, Steve, with a bottle of Prosecco. It is true, you're never alone with a bottle of Prosecco. I was delighted, actually, to discover the other day that Lisa Aziz also is a big fan and worships at the altar of the Prosecco. So she was there as well. She said, oh, I love Prosecco. I thought, gosh, the influence we're having on this programme. Uh, another one here. Uh, this is hot crumpets with garlic butter. Oh, I'm not sure about garlic butter. I think, I think garlic butter, Robbie, is, is probably very nice, provided, you know, provided you're by yourself and you're not going out for about a week and a half. But uh, I don't think you can really have, have garlic butter, can you? Somebody said to me the other day, snails. And I thought, oh, I don't know about snails, because they also come with garlic butter. I think garlic can be a little bit antisocial, a little bit antisocial. I still like, like the gag, which came from Kevin. He said, I'm taking the missus out tonight. I booked a table for eight o'clock. Only hope she likes playing snooker, which is uh, it's an old gag, but it's it's worth going for, worth going for on a Sunday morning when uh, when you're all getting very depressed. Steve, what a surprise! They want to close the ticket offices and make this uh, use the machines. Not surprised for that price. When you hear how how much the uh, the prices are on the on the trains, it's phenomenal, isn't it? Really, um, it was Balder who drew me to the fact that uh, the impossible to win lotto. Now we've had two winners. One was twenty four million, and one was whatever it was the other night. Can't remember, but it's uh, it was a lot of money, ladies and gentlemen, for somebody who's now very very happy and is now thinking about contacting their boss and going. Uh, shan't be coming back into work again. We've just won twenty-four million pounds. We don't. We don't feel it's necessary to come into work. We have had this argument, haven't we, before on whether or not it would be advisable to quit work. Uh, Steve, um, I read in yesterday's paper Ben Cohen is joining the jump. Yes, I mean uh, everybody else is saying let's actually close the jump down. Ben Cohen, who can't get arrested at the moment. Uh, and of course, Christina Rianoff, this was had to be the biggest mistake under the sun. So she's now pregnant with his child. He's already got two that he's paying for to the age of 18. And now he's got another one. There's no job for him. He has no job. As far as I can see, they've reduced the price of the house. Uh, the wife wants uh, half the money and uh, he'll, he'll be having to pay. How he's going to afford it, I can't imagine. What an earth-possessed man in what can only be described as a very short-term relationship gets the person pregnant. She's been in and out of relationships with a few people. I wonder whether or not they didn't last because she wanted to get pregnant, and he was the first one who said, yes, you know, it's either I'm going to leave you or I get pregnant. And so here she is pregnant, because it makes no difference whether they stay together, because he's still going to be paying for the child until it's 18. And I thought, in the precarious business that you're in, Mr Cohen, precarious being, you know, you dump the wife and the kids, and you don't actually have a job to go to, you're not exactly high up in the public's esteem, I can't imagine why you'd ever be that daft as to, as to do anything like that. Ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, did you see Mike Berry in The Voice, says Noreen? I didn't. I didn't, actually. I did hear about him. Funnily enough, I was watching an episode of Are You Being Served where he sang, and they did... Uh, it was the Are You Being Served where they were singing chanson. Chanson, chanson, d'amour. Da, da, da. It was done by Manhattan Transfer, I think, originally, but they, they did it in Are You Being Served. Also, it's my goddaughter Danielle's birthday today. She reaches the ripe old age of 12. 12, honestly. So many happy returns, Dan, for the day. Her card will not arrive till tomorrow, unfortunately, because it went to the post in the early hours of the morning and I suddenly realised, oh, blast, it's supposed to arrive for today. But uh, I'm sure it'll be fantastic. Uh, here we go. Steve, this is uh, travel to Edinburgh train or plane. 
London Gatwick to Edinburgh, one adult, £45.49. Uh, and Edinburgh to London Gatwick, uh, which is 6.20, arrives 7.50, one adult, £36.49. Isn't it funny, going different ways determines on how the, how the thing works, actually. Uh, and, um, and Jan says, roses are red, violets are blue. If I could choose a valentine, it would be you. She said, as I wake up with you every single day on the programme, which can only be good news, can't it? Uh, well, I hope so for many of you. If it's not, we're in trouble. Uh, a friend who worked for BA, says Ian, used to get on the Piccadilly line tube at Heathrow for Green Park and regularly fall asleep, only to be woken up at Cockfosters. Dozing off again, he'd often find himself back at Heathrow three hours after leaving it. Can't see you being awoken in Reading somehow. <laughs> You're probably right, actually. I think that's quite funny. I had a friend of mine once, he was so drunk, he got on the train and he ended up at Gatwick and he had no idea where he was when he actually got off. The, he didn't he seriously didn't know where he was. He had no idea at all. <laughs> I said, how drunk were you? He said, I was, I was fairly drunk, he said, but I had such a nice sleep. Such a nice sleep. Uh, my friend Alan Titchmarsh has a new show. Uh, he does talk in this interview about his new show, which is going round uh, Stately Homes, uh, which is like, I love Alan Titchmarsh. I think he's a great presenter. I really do. I think he's very natural. But he says, losing Terry Wogan made me realise the value of all of our lives. And if I've heard that once from people, I've heard it a million times from people saying, you know, I've got to look after my health. I've got to do a little bit more here, a little bit more there. It's very difficult, actually. It is very difficult. Oh, good Lord. I'm looking at... Uh, Picture of angels, actually. It looks like angels, the costumiers on the television. Uh, it, it is angels. It's a huge place. I had pictures. To, it's, yes, it is angels. I can tell. It's so big. And they can literally equip, you know, armies with the amount of costumes that they've got. Fabulous place. It's a shame they don't open it to the public to go and have a look. But it is great. Tim Angel, who's the chairman, it's, they've got everything in there. God, happy days. Happy days, eh? With all those nice pictures that we got on the on the website. Uh, what else here? Sound the uh, the random bromance alarm. Dean Gaffney and David Guest are on a train ride to find their careers. Good Lord, I didn't think there was one, actually, for Dean Gaffney, and there certainly isn't one for David Guest. Really awful, dread, uh, dreadful, dreadful, dreadfully boring person. Uh, plus, what else do we have? Oh, Caroline Flack. Nothing really going on there at all. And... Um, Iconic rock piano. Oh, I saw a programme yesterday, and I think it's on, um, what is it on? BBC. And they take a family, in this case it's mum, dad and two children, and they take them back to different eras, the 50s, and then they go through the 60s, and each time things change. So they recreate the 60s in their house with the wallpaper with the carpeting, with the food, with the television programmes, with the radio and everything else. And I remember watching it, thinking, I quite like this programme because they give them the clothes as well from the period and they go out and they go off and they, and they try and do it as naturally as possible. And it works very well. It's interesting to see how the families today cope with how it was for us as we were growing up because it can't be many of these people who remember any of these things at all. And um, so they had the clothes. I mean, at one point, of course, people didn't have... Um, uh, the uh, central heating, which other people had. They also boarded up uh, doors, they boarded up fireplaces, put in electric fires, and then years later, people stripped them out of it. Oh, look! An original fireplace with an original fire. Worth money. But the one thing that I did remember was at one point, they take the family piano outside because pianos went out of fashion. And they literally, with sledgehammers, smashed it up. And I couldn't quite work out. As I was watching... I was thinking, this is absolutely the worst thing I've ever seen on television. I've seen worse things, quite clearly. 
But for somebody to smash up a piano, a perfectly good piano, for the sake of a television programme, they could have given that to an old people's home. They could have given that to anybody. Somebody would have taken that off their hands to teach their children to play a piano. But for purposes of a television programme, they smashed it to pieces. All the members of the family smashed it up. It was awful. It was absolutely dreadful. I seriously thought about writing a letter of complaint saying, I mean, is this quite normal to just smash things up? So it might have been from the time. We'll show footage of that, which they did. But then you don't have to really smash this piano up. You can say, listen, we thought about it. and We've given it to a local old people's home. Who, you know, there's always somebody who wants to learn how to, how to play a piano. I thought it was dreadful. Dreadful bit of television. I've decided I'm not going to watch the series anymore. I'm, I'm boycotting now on principle of smashing up a perfectly good instrument just because at the time people did because they didn't want to have pianos anymore. My grandmother used to have a pianola. And we used to, I used to love going round to her house because as kids, there's not really very much for you to do when you go round to your granny's house and she'd sit down there having a chat with your mum and dad and you'd either go and play in the back garden or you'd go into the front parlour and she had to play a piano and you'd put a roll of paper in. You'd slide a little thing across above you, above the keyboard, and you'd put the paper in and then you'd pedal like mad and it would play. The, pia- the piano would play for you. And we used to love, we thought that was, ri- that was the bee's knees, that was, that was fantastic. So to watch people smashing a piano up, I felt, I felt really awful about it. I thought it was absolutely terrible. Terrible. Um, other uh, stories which are in the papers today, uh, mainly people saying what I said last week and the week before, let's ditch the jump before somebody dies, because it can't be too long, can it? I mean, poor old uh, Miss Great Britain, the woman who nobody had ever heard of, who goes into the jump and they got rid of her after two days because she can't ice skate. In fact, she couldn't do anything at all. There was no point in her being in there. So she's uh, she's sealed rock bottom, I think. There was also the story of um, of uh, of the woman who pretended she'd won the lottery, who's got that agent who looks after White D. So he doesn't exactly go up in my estimation. And uh, and they reckon that she's she's secured a place on Loose Women. I hope I hope they absolutely destroy her. But of course they don't. They're, they're so they're so naff on that program now. They're just not not good enough. And, uh, and they go, oh, and she's probably going into Celebrity Big Brother. I thought, for, for what reason? What, because she lied. So somebody's a liar now, and we put them on the television. It's not right. Absolutely not right. Trying to avoid the rubbish on Saturday night, says Malcolm. I stumbled across the great canal journeys with Tim West and Prue Scales. Brilliant. Yes, isn't it best? Isn't it super? They had their, uh, their son on there as well. And, and it's just uh, Tim and Prue just cruising up and down the canals on this canal boat. They obviously love canal boats. She's got the uh, the onset of dementia. But it's it's lovely to watch because it's so gentle. They just do ordinary things. And they just pull into the side and, and they have something to eat. And it's, re- it's really, seriously, it's really lovely. Really, really lovely. Right, uh, we'll take a short break. I shall go and uh, get myself a quick cup of uh, coffee and a glass of water. Let's see what we can do in three minutes, shall we? Quarter to seven. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Oh, I tell you what I watched yesterday. Midsummer Murders. Well, I've never seen it before. I've seen, I've seen the thing, and it goes, Midsummer Murders. And because I'm not really into those sort of programmes, I, I prefer the more gentle murders with Miss Marple and the stuff with Jessica Fletcher. But this is a bit hard-hitting, and, and it was very good and very well done, but I don't like it when you see that there's a woman in a house. There's all, we've already seen a couple murdered, and they're sitting in their front room with a sign on the door that says bridal suite keep out. And so they've been murdered for reasons best known to the, the whatever. And then there's a woman in a house and there's a man outside the window and he's looking up and her light goes off. And then obviously she thinks she hears something. So she puts the light back on again. And we're meant to believe 
that the man outside the window is going to perpetrate the crime. But of course, I think in this particular case, the murderer was inside the house. And it was at that moment I had to turn it over. I thought, I don't want to see the end result on this. I, I don't want to frighten myself. I mean, I know that they all began. I think it was... I think, do you remember the very first one? Was it something about the killings at Badger's Drift or something? I think which was back in, I don't know, 96... About 97, I think, something like that. And, uh, and they get all sorts of people who are in it. And, you know, some great, some great actors and great, great stuff. But I, it's, I mean, John Nettles, of course, retired. What, what did he do? When did he retire? 20, uh, about 2010, I think, when he actually retired. And, um, and then sort of it was commissioned again. And, and then it sort of came back. But it's, it's quite frightening. I mean, I, it was a bit more frightening than I anticipated. But everybody's been in it. I mean, seriously, there is, it's a who's who of British actors. You know, some really good people. I think Barry Jackson did it. I know Kirsty Dillon did it. Was it John, John Hopkins, I think? He, he did it as well. And um, Jane Wymark. Remember Jane Wymark? She did it as well. And, and it's, it's really good. Midsummer, I think, is this fictional county. I don't know where it is, but you don't want to go and live there because the murder rate is absolutely atrocious. It must equal to that of Manchester, Liverpool and, um, and uh, Glasgow all added together. It was terrible. But I, I, I did watch a little bit, but I just don't want to see it. I know the clue is in the title, Midsummer Murders, but I just don't want to watch it on the television. I really don't. I'm a, I'm a bit... I'm not squeamish. I'm not squeamish. I just don't... I don't want to watch things like that. Can't we put happy things on? Happy things on the television. I mean, I'm obviously, I'm harking back to a better time, am I not? And uh, Peter in Kingston says, couldn't agree more about the piano. Although it was shocking ways, made worse by the smug presenter, Giles Corran. Oh, isn't he smug? Oh, dear me. I don't think it was possible for somebody to be that b- bad on the television. Are we going to smash up the piano? Come on, do it. And I'm thinking, oh, no, definitely not. No, I was just, I thought it was a shocking waste of a piano. Really was. Even if they'd given it away to somebody for a quid and they'd come and collected it. Prosecco, uh, £5, Steve, uh, for Valentine's at Morrison's. Well, you can get it. I can get it for £5.47. What do they pay? If they're selling it for a fiver, wow. I wonder really what they're, what they're paying for it, for about three quid a bottle. But it, it's definitely the drink of the day, isn't it, Prosecco? Very much so. Uh, suspicious at the lotto jackpots after the bad publicity. Well, actually, you shouldn't be suspicious because they, they, they can't alter the odds. But isn't it just, it's sod's law, isn't it? You know, nobody wins for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And then they have a winner on the Friday and then blow me down. The Saturday winner comes forward as well. I was expecting another three or four rollovers at the very least. At the very least. But, uh, you know, it's, it just seems slightly strange Slightly strange. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. We weave everything in. Uh, the Daily Star today, benefit queens, hubby and kinky threesome. This is, uh, this is Cheryl Prudham, who just churns out babies with her wayward husband because he's cheated on her. I think he's cheated quite a lot of times. She gets 45000 a year for not working. Me, I'd stop benefits immediately. I'm afraid I'm hanging and hanging flogging brigade. I think to myself, no, sorry, dear. You know, that's, years ago, there was no such thing as handing out benefits to people. You know, the very shame of actually being not wed and having a child. Nowadays, they seem to look on it as a bonus. What did I see the front of some magazine? I always like to have a quick look, give me a rough idea of what sort of, how, how desperately sad we are. And TV Extra for the Daily Star has Billy for Hears, I Like to Be Glam. Plus the Towie star on Bachelor. She's not married. She's got a kid, but she's not married. And um, and then Georgia Mayfoot. I'd strip off for the right role. Uh, that'll be sex on the beach then, would it, dear? Or just about anything? How desperately sad, honestly. These kids' parents must look at them and go, 
Is that what we brought you up to do? And the answer is in Billy Fear's case. I love the way she thinks she's a designer. That's what I think is hilarious. Whereas they just go for all these different companies. OK, what, what, what do you think, dear? Um, is, is this... Uh, do you think you like that in pink? Yes, I like pink. Yeah, that's nice. Girly sort of colour. And so they get her to model it. And you look at her and you think your hair, fake, stuck on your head... Bad makeup, you know, really. I don't know where you go wearing some of these outfits, dear. Perhaps you go out to sort of curry houses. And then I picked up Fabulous magazine, and that's got somebody called Catherine Tilsley, who luckily we managed to get rid of for a while. Again, more fake hair stapled onto her head. And uh, and they stick her on the front cover. And you think to yourself, is this, is this really doing these people's careers any good? Or is it a case of, you know, is, do, do you really think that we're going to be interested in, in seeing pictures of you and hearing the same stuff about your life. You know, you never found this from really great sort of actors in this country. You don't, you don't get those sort of things, do you? You don't get Dame Maggie Smith doing these turgid stories. It's like in the Daily Star, they've managed to sort of dredge up another picture of poor old Yorgie Porter. Busty blonde. Busty blonde and thick. I mean, seriously, that's why she was so blooming useless on the television. Her last boyfriend, this was the, this was the hilarious story of the week... And you must remember it because I've repeated it three times now. Whereas Yorgi Porter goes out with this bloke. I mean, she's finding it a bit difficult to find people anyway. She's already been on one of these dinner date programmes. And, uh, and people find her a little bit, let's just call it vacuous, shall we? There's not, really a lot, there's not really a lot to her. No good sitting there, you know, when, when you've got somebody in front of you who looks a bit simple. And the conversation is roughly along those kind of levels. And so, uh, so she finishes with this bloke, or he finishes with her after two weeks. Roughly about the same time that Amy Child's boyfriend's last. And, um, and then she goes to the opening of something. It was a Channel 5 programme. And uh, the journalist starts saying, oh, right, so what about the relationship with so-and-so? And her person whizzes over and goes, it's a little bit early to be talking about it now, thank you. As if she'd been going out with him for 15 years. Two months she went out with him for a little bit early to be talking about it, you know. I thought, yeah, she hasn't flogged the story yet, has she? That's all they do now. They flog the story. You know, poor old girl. How old is she now? What's she claiming now? 28. Oh, oh, no, that was the boyfriend. The boyfriend. Anyway, she's back on the market. I suspect she's going to be sitting on that shelf in the corner for some years to come, ladies and gentlemen. She's going to be quite a num- like a number of people. You know, the more they, they, they talk about it, the worse it gets. The worse it gets. Uh, Max Clifford selling his house. Three and a half million. I have to be honest, it's a nice house, irrespective of whether, whether you like Max Clifford or whether you don't like Max Clifford. So he's, he's got it up for sale. It was designed by Octagon, so it's a, a very, very nice house. Eamon Holmes talking about hip, hip, way, hey, talking about his sex life. It's a little bit embarrassing. White-haired old man talks about sex life. It does look slightly disturbing, slightly. And, uh, and David Beckham, the shy, retiring, publicity-seeking, uh, craving, desperate for publicity, uh, tells us that he gets his, his dog uh, in a limousine every few weeks and has it uh, clippered. Why is that of any interest? Is David Beckham's life so empty at the moment that that's the best they can get on stories? No mention of his business prowess, of which I assume it's very little. He either advertises pants or whiskey or he'll endorse anything that people care to give him. Uh, she whizzes round the world. Uh, she looks as miserable as sin. If she hasn't got her glasses with her, she must be having a hell of a morning. And, uh, and a lovely picture of, uh, of Rihanna and Adele, which is great. And who's this one here? Vicky Patterson, famous for being up for a laugh. Really? There's me just thinking it was alcohol-induced, but apparently not. She's currently developing programme ideas with ITV. She wants to do some hard-hitting documentaries. And apparently top of her list is a series of gritty, factual shows. Good God, is it really? And you're going to be doing this, are you, dear? 
Queen Victoria told me ITV are keen to strike up a relationship with me. I just don't know how they know where to put me, as I'm quite out of the ordinary. No, you're just another sad drunk from up north, dear. That's, there's no other two ways. We can't describe it any other ways. She says, I want to show people I can be serious as well as stupid. Well, we'll look forward to that, shall we? We'll look forward to that side of it. Well, at least you're admitting what you are, so that's OK. Uh, plus, what was the other thing? Oh, they were talking about as well a bored single mum... Aren't they really? Uh, she's decided she's taken uh, up as a career now, and she's a, a fetish model. She reckons 70 grand a year. God, never say that, darling. I've told you before. Her name is uh, Demonia. That's an, I think that's probably a showbiz kind of a name. I'm, I don't want to point out the patently obvious to you, dear. No, it's very sweet that somebody as fat as you can actually get that many tattoos on your body. But if you start talking about making £70,000 a year, the tax man's going to be looking at you very carefully. I only mention that because I'm trying to save you from yourself. It doesn't, you know, I realise that if you're, a, if you're a slightly dim person, you probably think that people look up to you. They go, oh, she's earning £70,000 a year. No, I'm thinking that if you're a bored single mum, you know... Uh, with, with sort of two children. The one thing you don't do is brag about how much you're earning because the tax man is going to come down on you like a ton of bricks. Because when you file your tax return and you put in, like, 22,000, I'm not saying you will, but you might, you know, there is that danger. Just be aware that the tax man, they remember. They write these things down. Oh, dear. I always worry about stuff like that. Uh, and then we've got a, some girl in the paper today. Who is she for Valentine's Day? She's wearing the usual basque and uh, stockings. And her name is Susie Summers. You can bet your bottom dollar it's a stage name. What's she called herself? Oh, I don't know. Susie Summers. April Sunshine. <laughs> Available. And so here she is. It's very important to go all out. She's from Peterborough. The bad news is for Susie Summers, she's 30, which, as we all know in this business, is pushing the boat out. You're almost heading for retirement. And then you look at the poor state of her. Badly bleached hair. Really dry ends. I mean, you should have got your hair looked at. If you're going to staple something to your hair, uh, you know, into your head, at least try and make sure that, you know, you're in good condition to start with. Which, of course, you weren't. Uh, the mum who loses £50,000. How does she lose it? I'll tell you in a moment. Chez's husband wants to get back with her. Toy Boy dumps Nancy Delusional. One date in. He said it's, you know, it's flattering to be uh, chased by an old lady. Oh, God, she won't like that. Old lady. Old... She needs to get a job, doesn't she, really? Most miserable day of the year, Valentine's Day, especially if you don't have one. Uh, Anton Deck, our love lives. Oh, dear. I thought we'd seen the end of them, actually. They've started doing an advert on the television. And they must really need the money, I suppose, at the moment. James Kahn splits from his wife after 32 years. And um, the 10-minute home cancer test. No laughs this morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's LBC. On is LBC. This leading is British conversation. Leading with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. I love it when the computer has one of its days where it goes, right, I'm really going to do what I want to do now. Matt Clifford's home is up for sale. How many calls a month to the terror police? A thousand. A thousand. Uh, the stars of Country File, they scrub up well. Enjoy your Valentine's Day chocolates. They could be the last. Alan Titchmarsh back on television with a new show. Nice little mansion for you to rent in uh, town today if you just won the lottery. It's a million a year. Uh, you need to do it for quite a few years, but it's got 20 bedrooms, which is good. Uh, the Queen plans a 90th birthday tour of Britain. Ted Heath, the ink attack plot. And uh, the people threatening to out him as gay. Plus the acid attack mum who lives in the car park. And Chez's husband wants to get back with her. How romantic. 
Everybody agreeing with me, you're never going to see Joe Swash in Midsummer Murders anytime soon. It's for actors. Uh, and on the subject of um, obesity, uh, watching the new series of Birds of a Feather, it seems Pauline Quirk has put back on all the weight she lost a couple of years ago. She lost a huge amount of weight, didn't she? It was, a, I mean, it really was. It was a vast amount of weight. But as uh, in all these cases, back it goes again. You've only got to look at Colleen Nolan. I mean, she is the size of two small beach huts at the moment. Uh, agree with... Uh, Agree with you about the uh, Midsummer murder, Steve. It is actually quite uh, quite violent. The good news is they don't actually show you the murders now. They sort of show you the after. It's still the same thing, isn't it, really? I suppose. Uh, and Miles, uh, or Mike, says, when we moved house about 1975, we got rid of the piano. But I don't remember taking it out into the front garden and smashing it up with sledgehammers. What were they trying to prove? Nothing. It was the extremely smug Giles Corran. Uh, wasting a decent piano. You could have given it to an old people's home. People would have paid to come and take it away, or you pay them to take it away. I realise they went out of fashion, but smashing a piano to pieces. Didn't they think about asking the next-door neighbours, would you like the piano? It was just a ridiculous, stupid piece of television. It's, I mean, just absolutely, a totally, total waste of time. Total waste of time. Uh, they might have ended up being dumped, these pianos, but families generally didn't smash pianos up themselves. I'd never heard of it at all. I'd seriously never heard of it. I was, I was very upset. Right, uh, more from the... Pe- let's have a look, actually. We've had a look at the, uh, at the Daily Star. Let's have a look at the Mirror, shall we? Let's see what the, uh, the Sunday Mirror is offering. Uh, they've got Our Love Lives by Anton Deck. They were doing an advert for a car company the other day. And I couldn't help thinking, the money that they're raking in from television, they've started getting a bit mean. Have you noticed? They've started being a bit, you know, far from being the old cheeky chappies. You know, way, hey, make a groove. Uh, far from that, they've started talking about, well, our contract's up. We can't say where we're going to be next. Obviously prompting ITV to say, well, we'll, we'll dig a bit digger, uh, big a bit, big a bit deeper for them, because uh, they seem to work for us. Also, the incredible story of the, uh, the, uh, the man who took a glass of champagne, and then the wife says, I watched as my husband took his own life. Uh, this was the, uh, the programme that moved people to tears. We've seen it before. I'm not saying we haven't seen it before. I just, I don't understand why people want to have it filmed. I don't quite understand. Is it to make us more voyeuristic? Is it to make us go, oh, there, but for the grace of God, go I? Or is it to sort of show you what somebody's like at the end of their life? Because we've seen all of this before. How many more times do we need to be shown somebody at Dignitas? This must be about the third time. You know, they show you them in there. They do their interviews beforehand. The cameras are there. It's, it's, a, it's a wee bit narcissistic. And voyeuristic on our behalf. Unless, of course, you think differently. Also, the John Leslie exclusive, I've been a fool. Yes, I think everybody would quite agree with, uh, with John Leslie being a fool. Uh, he's been cleared of a sex assault claim, but admitted he had been a fool. Um, he owned up to sexual contact with a woman and, uh, and then said, basically, he said, it makes me look a fool, but I am an innocent man. Uh, yes, I mean, things have not gone well for John Leslie uh, since the Blue Peter days. Uh, it all went a bit downhill, didn't it? And so, consequent. Mind you, I tell you, I'm constantly reading stories in the papers. I never understand why. And it doesn't matter whether it's a television celebrity or whether it's a football. We seem to be seeing more footballers in the papers now. And you think, you're earning £150,000 a week. Why would you give it up? Because you've had a fling with, uh, with a fan. I never quite understand. I mean, I, I mean, are footballers particularly dim? Or are they, you know, we all thought when poor old Wayne Rooney ditches the extremely glamorous Colleen. <laughs> And uh, and ends up with that sort of that sort of aged hooker. You begin to wonder: Have they completely gone round the bend? 
Why would you want to, you know, lose something like that? We see all sorts of stories in the papers. And each time I cringe and people say to me, you know, did you ever ever suspect that? I went, no, never suspected that at all. I never think about it. I just automatically assume that if you're in the public eye, and that means if you're a celebrity, if you're on television, it doesn't matter if you're a newsreader or if you're an actor or an entertainer in light end, in serious politics, it doesn't matter. You do not have a love life outside of your relationship. You just don't. You don't go out and get drunk. You don't go out and do all sorts of things. You're supposed to be almost monastic because there are people who'll sell you down the river. John Leslie says, you know, this person told lies about me. I'm the one who's named. She gets anonymity. But people do tell fibs, John. You must, you know, that's why, as you say, you've been a fool. You should always assume that somebody's out there to get you and they will tell lies if necessary. You know, they actually call it an obsession. I always call it there's something the matter with them. They've got quite a few shillings missing, aren't they? The lights are on, as they say, but... Nobody's home. And so John Leslie talking about his, uh, you know, the the girl. I was talking to a friend of mine this morning. I said, if you're on the radio, if you're a a DJ in a nightclub, it's not difficult to pull people. It really isn't. Because people hear you all the time on the radio. And he said, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. He said when he was a a DJ in clubs, he said it was was so easy. I said, yeah, but nowadays, I said, you've, you've got to ask people how old they are. Because if you don't ask them how old they are, the chances are, you know what people are like nowadays? The whole idea is people wanted to look older. They always wanted to look older than they really were. And I used to think I used to think it was an advantage years ago because I was going into pubs when I was 15, but I never drank. I would only have a Coca-Cola. I just wanted to go into a pub because you could soak up the atmosphere and you could smell the beer on the carpet and the cigarettes and stuff like that. And so I used to think to myself, that was quite grown up. It never crossed my mind that I wasn't supposed to be in there. But because I was tall, nobody ever questioned it. Now you get bouncers on the doors of pubs to try and keep out underage girls. And it is mainly girls. And all they do is they go on the Internet and they just forge some little card off which says, you know, this is so-and-so student born in this year. And it's just fake ID to get them into pubs. They're drinking at an early age and their parents must know where they're going. You don't get tarted up to go and stand on a street corner, do you? You get tarted up to go into a into a bar. And so they do. Uh, Joe Swash has hurt himself. Another one. They, they've got to axe this programme. And I've said before, it can't be that long before somebody dies on this programme. I mean, that, what are they saying now about Beth Tweddle? She's taken her first unaided steps, and you think, dear Lord, this thing's blooming dangerous, isn't it? Absolutely dangerous. She's sort of going out there, assuming that you're supposed to know about this. Skiing is dangerous. Skiing is dangerous. All of the things that they're actually doing is dangerous. I mean, Beth has got neck surgery. She's damaged two vertebrae whilst competing. Uh, ben Cohen, they said the deal's worth 60 grand. I can't see it be worth anything. You could get him for, for 10 pence, I would think, at the moment. And uh, Joe says, I broke a bone in my shoulder. Because th- these people aren't fit. They're not fit. They haven't skied in ages. I shouldn't imagine Joe Swash, bankrupt twice, has ever actually been anywhere near a ski slope. Seriously, I wouldn't have thought he had. Uh, a spokesman said he was checked over by the medics and has been cleared to take part. It's not really worth it, is it? They might as well just ditch the programme before it really turns into something and somebody's going to be in a wheelchair for the rest of their life. Uh, James Kahn has split from his wife of 32 years. It's not his real name, James Kahn, is it? James Kahn's real name, he's, he's got an Indian name and he changed it to James Kahn some years ago because it made him more, more Western. I remember reading about him. Oh, that's right, he was born Nazim. Khan in Lahore. He then changed it after seeing James Khan in The Godfather. And so he split after 32 years. I don't know why. They just say he's got a fortune over 95 million, moved out of the family, uh, 
mansion. A divorce could see him pay his wife as much as 25 million because she helped build his business empire. Uh, he started selling leather jackets in Brick Lane, now chairman of the government startup loan scheme. He's got a business that hires out doctors to the NHS for up to 120 quid an hour. And um, that's all I know about him. Now, whether or not he's split from the wife because of somebody else, I don't know. I'm never sure whether it's our business and things like that. Is it? Are we, are we supposed to sort of go, well, he's obviously got somebody on the go somewhere else. Because if you're 32 years in a relationship, that kind of means that you're there for life, aren't you? That's what I would have thought. That's what I would have thought. Except if I was the speaker and I did hear... Andrew Pierce laying into little John Burko the other day because uh, he's managed to put through some expenses. But there again, he does have a wife who costs quite a bit of money. And so he's had, uh, you know, the box at Wimbledon. He's had all sorts of things. And he gets this. And what is it? £2,000 on candles or something. And you think he's the Speaker of the uh, of the House of Commons. Does he really like that? I think he absolutely loves every minute of it. And she said, listen, they didn't they have the apartments decorated at the cost of God knows how much? Seriously, an, uh, an, awful lot, uh, an awful lot of money. Uh, did EU win 24 million lottery? A British winner claimed 24.7 million. It's not me. I can tell you that now. But uh, they've had nine Euro Millions winners in 2015 and the luck has rolled over in 2016. Uh, the champagne is on ice. And uh, so he, they won £24,769,931.90. pence. you imagine a 90 pence? So you phone up and they go... OK, well, reading from the front, it's 20... And they read it all out to you, and then you just... And then you hear a, del, a thud at the other end as the person passes out. <laughs> That's how much you've won. That's how much you've won. £24 million. Well, actually, it's uh, just under £25 million, which is lovely. I mean, who the heck's going to count? Who's counting on stuff like that? Answer, nobody. Adele is tweeting from the other side of the Atlantic, and William, still judging the voice on the move to ITV, but to be honest with you, you're so boring and so dreary, and I'm sure you're marvellous as a musician, but on the voice, you're not really worth transferring. We can find other people on ITV, and ITV would be foolish to stick with you as well. They need to find a completely new panel. Whether they can manage it, I don't know. As long as it doesn't involve Philip Schofield, we should be OK. And, uh, and a snowstorm coming in. Is it? Is it really? I thought it was sleeting this morning. Just a little bit. Just a little tiny bit. But I do love Bill Murray. He's, uh, he got a bit, a bit fed up the other day with people taking photos of him on their phones. And so he did the ultimate. He went and took the phones off him and threw them away. And uh, he said, I'll, I'll buy them some new phones. But it's, it must be very annoying if you're a celebrity to have pictures taken of you. Uh, right. Quick time check. It's 7.15. Steve Allen on LBC. <laughs> Nick Ferrari at breakfast. Every weekday morning from 7. Only on LBC. Morning, everybody. 7.20 is the time. Phil Vickery says, what, what food are we going to talk about today? If you have crumpets, he said, it's got to be with cold butter. I suppose it's right. Is it? All I remember is when we had crumpet, they take ages to uh, to cook crumpets, don't they? You put them in the toaster. They, 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 they take a lot longer to, to sort of brown up on the outside. And I'm never too sure. Somebody suggested earlier on, Phil, which sounded disgusting, garlic butter on crumpets. And I thought that would be absolutely unforgivable. You can't have garlic butter. I don't know what you could put on them, really. I had um, pate last night just on cream crackers without any butter. Should I have had butter? I don't know. But uh, I did have some pate, and that was quite nice. Before I know what had happened, I'd eaten quite a number of um, of cream crackers with pate on there. But uh, but the thing to put on crumpets, but it, it it just does not beat the sound of hot buttered toast. 
And when Mrs Slocum said it in Are You Being Served, she said, oh, I'll be right back. This was after they, they were going to drop her because she was too old. And she said, I'll be right back. I'm just, just going to get myself some more hot buttered toast. And I remember thinking, it makes it sound like it's sort of sitting there, doesn't it, really? Which, of course, it isn't. <laughs> but it sounded quite nice. I, I like the idea of hot buttered toast. Pat says, my late father bought me a Steinway piano at the age of 72 tomorrow. 72. I wish I'd applied myself to the lessons. I wish I actually... Um, had learnt how to play the piano. I'm very jealous, very jealous. I mean, there are certain people um, who, who can play piano by ear. So they hear they hear a tune, and then you know it was sort of it was sort of there, wasn't it? People could just I can't play for toffee. I can't play a musical instrument. I can sort of roughly get through with comb and paper. Apparently, smashing up pianos is called cultural vandalism. Ghastly, as horrid as burning books, says John. I thought it was just awful, dreadful thing to do, dreadful thing. I just didn't understand that at all. Uh, another one here. Um, <laughs> one morning, says Jane, after you finish work, me and my sister are going to come and bring you a bouquet of flowers. We expect photos with you on our phones because you're our celebrity. I don't do that. I don't do photos. I have had photos taken, as you can imagine, because uh, it's it's just one of those sort of things. But, oh, no, Lord. We had some lovely flowers sent over from uh, from America a short while ago. Nice to listen in on a Sunday, says Dean. It's quite nice, isn't it? It's quite. I quite like the idea of um, of sort of just just being just being lazy today, just being a lazy person. You don't have to do anything. You don't, yeah, somebody else hopefully will get Sunday lunch. Today. I would love to have a situation. It'll never happen in my lifetime where you're sort of you're lying in bed and and you're in the biggest bed imaginable, which I think must be king size, unless you have something specially made. In which case, you have to do for the sheets made for you as well. And you lie there on a Sunday morning, and it's all warm and cosy. And somebody gets up and they go, "I've run your bath," which of course to me, fell on deaf ears because I hate baths. I'd much rather have a shower. I'm happier with a shower because with a sort of a shower, you can sort of, you wash away the dirt. In a bath, you're sitting in it. Doesn't It kind of defeats the object as far as I'm concerned. So a shower wins every time for me. But having had a seat in the shower, that, that's the ultimate pleasure. And then you sort of sit there and you've got warm, fluffy towels. I don't know why warm, fluffy towels sound exciting, but you have warm, fluffy towels. And then... Um, and then somebody says, right, lunch will be ready in about 10 minutes. You go downstairs, somebody's made you a cup of tea. And then you sit down and they've sort of, oh, my God, it's just, just nice. Just somebody, somebody doing things for you. That's what you're supposed to do today if you're other half. Uh, agreed. Garlic, not for me. Not for me, says Phil. Uh, so what's he going to have on his crumpets? What will he have on his crumpets today? Let me see if I can find out. Wait, wait a minute. Keep looking at pictures. Every time Dynamo does a show, I get tweeted by God knows how many people telling me the show was amazing and all the rest of it. And I'm looking at, I'm assuming... This this must be it, it must be the beginning of a show because it's three quarters empty and there's people standing up. It can't be the actual performance. It can't be. Not physically possible. Anyway, so having uh, crumpets. What are we putting on crumpets, Phil? Uh, today, apricot or strawberry jam with salted butter. Some very good diabetic jams. Now, I always think if you. I mean, I don't just don't do jam. I like the. I mean, I do like apricot jam. I don't think I've ever had it except the other day I had a cream cake and I think it was apricot preserve in it. I think so. I don't know. But years ago, and I'm not even sure you can buy them anymore, cream horns. Cream horns. I used to like cream slices, but my favourite are those apple turnovers with cream in them. I mean, that's about as messy as you can get with a cream cake. That that really appeals to me. That I mean, that appeals to me like you can't imagine. That could be a substitute for many, many things. I could die happy with cream cakes. <laughs> 
I really would. Uh, who's in the BBC hit show? They're, they're doing Happy Valley, which I haven't seen yet. I know that Warren is a huge, huge fan of Happy Valley. Um, I haven't seen it, but uh, I must get round to it at some point. Also, time for the stars to jump ship. Well, most of them appear to be jumping into it because they haven't got any uh, other work. As I say, I don't think Ben Cohen would be inundated with work. Sad story here. Sad, sad, sad story on a Sunday in the newspapers of three children. And a couple, they say, our three children are all doomed to die in their teens. This is Callum and Jack with their little sister, Macy. Um, They're trying to raise uh, money to try and find out if there could be a cure. What they've got is uh, mitochondrial disease. Mitochondria. Um, It's in almost every cell in the body responsible for producing the energy the cell needs to function. When a person has mitochondria disease... It's not enough energy which is being produced for the cells to work properly. And uh, it's the brain, the muscles, the liver, the heart and the kidneys. God, honestly. So many things we need to worry about, isn't it, really? And you, and you, I do get um, tremendously depressed when it's children. And you look at them and they're happy little souls and they've got, you know, I don't know how old they are at the moment. Callum and Jack could be about uh, eight and nine, something like that. But they say that they'll, they'll die in their teens because they can't do anything about it. So what they're, they're doing is raising money. And I know that we do this very well in this country. And uh, they're raising money so the children can have a bucket list. And you know the bucket list is that list that people do, and it can be mums and dads, anybody who's got an illness, which is, uh, which is terminal. Uh, they do a bucket list of things that they'd like to do before they die. And I think the newspapers, and I think you in particular out there, you in particular are very good. You get very affected by things like this, which is which is what I do. And uh, and so the seniors are raising money to help the children complete the bucket list and also fund research at Newcastle University because they're not going to they're not going to make it after their their teens. Their life expectancy is is not. So how could you possibly how could you possibly ever deny um, children their their bucket list it's awful isn't it when you think that you know even as we're sitting here this morning on what is supposed to be relatively a happy day being valentine's day there are children who are who are dying who will not see the end of the day and that's why when people go out there and raise money and a friend of mine greg was doing some uh, some marathons and at the end of it he uh, he got quite emotional talking about it and i can quite understand that and he raised something like it was it was just it was when i checked last time just under a million pounds a million pounds which is like such a huge amount of money such a huge amount of money so i sent a text and a tweet saying you know fantastic it's it's just it's a marvelous thing to do marvelous thing to do and when you read about children who get affected by these uh, illnesses you think you do question don't you is there a god is there a God? My Auntie Gwen, says Phil. My Auntie Gwen. It wasn't short for Gwenda, was it? I've got an Auntie Gwenda. Well, I'll call her Auntie Gwenda. She's my godmother. But uh, we've kind of fallen fallen apart in recent years. Used to bring us cream horns and apple cream turnovers with crunchy sugar topping. I had one last Tuesday. <laughs> you see? You remember things like that, don't you? I had one last Tuesday. And that's why when I look at these kids, and that, that sort of highlights it for me, because you think, you know, I'd love to know what's on their, their little bucket list, what sort of things they want to see. Is it the swimming with dolphins? You know, do they want to meet certain people? All of it. I mean, it's, it, is just, it is just awful. It really is in this day and age. But, we, you know, we, we don't find a cure for the common cold. We can't find a cure for, for cancer. And little children die. And you, and you think to yourself, no, we've got to, we've got to 
pump as much money into research as is humanly possible. Not not spend all this money on benefits. Let's take it away from the people who are perfectly able to get off their fat bottoms and get out there and do a day's work. Let's give the money to the children. Let's give the money to the children, the elderly people, the people who've sort of, you know, people who've contributed. All these people on benefits they haven't contributed diddly squat. That woman who sort of, you know, thought she could fiddle the lottery. What she contributed? She's on benefits. Is she ill or something? White D was on benefits because she suffered from depression. I've seen no evidence of it. I'm sure she might do. But, you know, I'm sorry. I think you know, even if you suffer from depression nowadays, you can still get up and do a job. Let's face it, people who've got, you know, illnesses like cancer, they, they still work. They still go out there and do things. It's just that there's a lazy element in society. They think the society needs to pay for them. Not me. Not me. I don't want to pay for them at all. I get really quite angry about it. You know, the woman who's sort of on the lottery ticket, why is she not working? Why are we not being told why she's not working? Must be some reason. You know, she got, you know, is there something the matter with her? Let's be told, shall we? Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Butter marmite and a thin slice of cheddar can work on a crumpet for a quick snack. There you go, Phil. Butter, marmite and a thick slice of cheddar. Actually, they do that. I'll tell you what they do that. They do that in Starbucks, don't they? They do a... I think it's a panini, they call it. I think... I'm only guessing. I don't know. And um, and you have that with marmite and a piece of cheddar, and then they... That looks delicious. <laughs> I'll quite go for that, actually. Mary says, heart-shaped vanilla eggy toast with strawberries and maple syrup in our house today. <laughs> and uh, Big Al says, I can't imagine you getting terribly dirty before taking a bath. No, I, I, I'm, I'm, I sat for 20 minutes in the shower the other day. And even, even I thought, crikey, this is a long time. But I mean, I, I just love sitting in the shower. Seriously, I contemplate my navel and other things. LBC News Time, it's Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to 8. Sunday morning, Valentine's Day. And if you've woken up... Uh, you're a mummy and a daddy, uh, or mummy or a daddy, and uh, and you haven't had a Valentine's Day card, and you haven't had some roses, right? you're going to feel pretty, pretty fed up today. Pretty fed up. So you might actually get some crumpets, which would be nice. Late, late breakfast this morning. Well, I call it late breakfast. This time it's fairly late breakfast for me. How about here? Phil Vickery's come up with crunchy peanut butter, thin, thin spread, chopped, smoked, crispy bacon, and a touch of marmalade. <laughs> Let's go through that again. Thin spread, crunchy peanut butter, chopped, smoky, crispy bacon, and a touch of marmalade. Would that be lime marmalade or orange cut, thick cut, thin cut? I don't know how many different marmalades there are. Probably loads, I should imagine. I like the idea of thin spread, crunchy peanut butter and smoky, crispy bacon. That sounds quite a nice idea. That's that, that that does sound quite a nice idea, actually, because I like crispy bacon. I told you years ago when we were in Fleet Street, there used to be a, a sandwich shop down one of the little alleys that you go to on to Fleet Street. And they did um, lovely fresh bread and you go uh, chicken, uh, chicken salad. And they do chicken salad with bacon bits on the top, which they used to have little plastic cups, hundreds of them, all full of little bacon bits. And they pour it on the top. Oh, bacon bits. Something about crispy bacon bits, which was quite delicious. Uh, they put it on all the sandwiches. Luckily, no butter, but mayonnaise. So they go, squid. I could happily make sandwiches for the rest of my life. Couldn't eat sandwiches for the rest of my life. Uh, Steve, in the 50s and 60s, we had a piano. Mum used to play it and we all sang along, but pianos fell out of fashion. My brother did exactly the same as on the television show. Smashed it up in the back garden with a sledgehammer. Oh. I just think it's, I just think it's a terrible waste of a piano. Especially in this, uh, in this sort of nowadays. Nowadays. 
Um, it says, uh, our parents were 25 years older than our school chums' parents, so we had a house full of antique furniture. The school chums joked we lived in Steptoe's house. We begged them to buy modern furniture, but they refused to keep up with the Joneses. So, Karen, that sounds nice, doesn't it? I, d- I don't like the idea of smashing up a piano, though. I'm a bit, I'm a bit funny about things like that. Uh, crumpets with... Oh, here we go. You'll like this one, Phil. Crumpets with Dairy Lee spread. I've never had dairy leaf spread. i tell you the only thing I used to worry about, dairy leaf spread. And I know it comes in a tube now, so you can go much easier, isn't it, than taking out one of the little... I used to love the little cardboard box, didn't you? And take out the thing, and then you'd have to get a knife to open up that. I could never separate that blasted thin foil. Dairy leaf spread, honestly. Oh, how exciting. <laughs> You've done it now, Steve. You've done it now, says Matt. I've now had to pop down to my local Tesco for a packet of crumpets and some Irish butter. <laughs> It's, it's, I mean, I tell you, I mean, the trouble is, six crumpets in a pack aren't quite enough, are they? Especially if you're, sh- if you're in a big house like Phil is. But I like the idea of crumpets with dairy leaf spread. That sounds, that sounds very nice, actually. I do like dairy leaf spread. I'm sure it's got all the wrong things in it. I'm sure it has. And I used to buy those other... I wonder if you could do crumpet... Yes, you could do crumpets with, um, with, uh, with pate, couldn't you? In fact, you could do crumpets with just about anything, really. Crumpets with sort of pate with cucumber, sliced cucumber. Stephen Fry is doing the uh, the BAFTAs. He'll be very good. This is his 11th year. I wonder how much they pay him. I wonder how much he gets paid for doing the BAFTAs. 20,000, 30,000? It'll be a lot. It'll be a lot, actually. Uh, the sandwich shop was called Loafers, says Chris Lowry. Oh, right. Oh, of course you would remember that, wouldn't you? Was it called Loafers? Oh, I used to love that. They used to do the best sandwiches, and I've always felt we were eating healthy. I always thought that if, if we actually went to Gloriettes, even though they did the best pasties, um, it wasn't as healthy. But it was like a forerunner to that other shop you get in the high street, which has got all the uh, the cakes and everything else, which I love, actually. I do like. Yes, Dairy Lee loved it, says Phil. How nice. Dairy Lee spread. Oh, I must mention the fact, my, my friend Michael Fitch, he's a magician, and uh, he's at Gordon Ramsay's. Uh, Bread Street Kitchen this afternoon at the I think it's at Bread Street Kitchen which is uh, this afternoon he's going to be there he's off to Blackpool I think very shortly the magician's convention will be up there he said to me he says um, he says will you be going I said uh, oh I wish he said uh, he said to be honest with you you don't actually need anything do you know one and a half million items are score- stored up at Angels they worked on everything from Cleopatra to Gladiator it's I was luckily enough to be allowed round Angels and uh, and met Tim Angel and some really really lovely people who've been working there for ages and ages and they do they do these wonderful costumes and they've got one and a half million costumes in their warehouse seriously it's, it's just absolutely unbelievable anyway so uh, between 12 and 4 uh, so he, he said you can get Bloody Marys. <laughs> God, I'm not sure. I, could, I can't even think about anything like Bloody Marys at all at the moment. Uh, and magic. So that's where Michael J. Fitch is going to be. Uh, at Bread Street Kitchen, uh, which is uh, Gordon Ramsay's. So enjoy that. I did promise to do that. I did mention my goddaughter is 12 today. Danielle is 12 and will be enjoying her birthday. What she's got lined up, I don't know. At 12 years old, they're, they're fairly grown up now, aren't they? They're certainly, you, you sort of jump from being 8 to being 12. Uh, crumpets with Stilton and Cranberry sauce, says Maxine. Delicious. Stilton, see, I'm not very good with cheese. I'm really not very good with cheese. I could do cheddar. I can do uh, Red Leicester. I can do Edam. But I can't... I'm not really very good with anything else at all. People keep telling me you're rubbish with cheese. And I know people who... They, they heard that one called Stinking Bishop. 
All that kind of Not for me at all. Not for me. But uh, at least we know the sandwich shop was called Loafers. What a memory, honestly. Can't remember last Thursday. That was birthday boy Chris from the other day. But you can remember the name of a sandwich shop in Fleet Street from all those years ago. How lovely. Uh, Steve, up in the, uh, the Midlands, we prefer pikelets. Yes. I've bought pikelets... Uh, down here, you can buy them. They sell them in uh, in Iceland. I didn't know what they were to start with, they're, but they're like um, they're like crumpets, but just a lot thinner. They're actually quite nice. He said, "Try them." No, I, I have tried them. I do like them. Crumpets with Nutella, very good as a, a post meal pudding. Well, my three boys think so, says Ollie. <laughs> uh, and uh, Trisha says, "Everybody loves my pizza crumpets." Toast the underside, then spread tomato puree on the top side with cheddar cheese, then grill. Lovely and bubbly. Everyone loves my pizza crumpets. There you go. So Trisha, Trisha's come up with a new one for us today. We haven't quite had that yet. Talking of cakes, whatever happened to rum bar bars? Oh, I'll tell you where you get rum bar bars now. Where do you think you get rum bar bars? Come on. You get them in. Come on. Come on. Think about it. Think about it. Kebab shops. Kebab shops. You'll always see all those cakes that are drizzled with sugar at the front. You'll see rum bar bars in there. And uh, and uh, and very, very full of sugar they were too. Uh, you mentioned Mrs. Slocum. Mrs. Slocum. Somebody, you see, Dan's mentioned rum bar bars. And uh, I remember a scene where she was being shown to her table by an Italian waiter. He said, uh, nice aperitif, madam. To which she said, uh, yes, are they all my own? Nice aperitif. Nice aperitif there. Thick butter on crumpets. Mind you, marmalade goes well. Yeah, we've done the marmalade bit. Although though Phil, Phil came up with what we thought was possibly the most bizarre one, which is thin peanut butter. OK, on top of the thin peanut butter. Wait a minute. Let me find the thing again. Thin peanut butter. Crunchy. Smoked crispy bacon. And a touch of marmalade. There you go. There, there's your one for this morning, ladies and gentlemen. And not a calorie in there. How, and how many of those could you eat? So you're doing that. So thin spread, crunchy peanut butter, chopped, smoky, crispy bacon and a touch of marmalade. Oof, dear me. Primula squeezy cheese, he says, when we were kids. That was good. Dairy, a bit of a treat. Part of the fun, unwrapping the triangles. Plastic cheese with a touch of Branston. Oh, I love Branston. Branston and Piccalilli. My dad used to like piccalilli. I didn't quite get into piccalilli in the same way. But Branston pickle, lovely. Oh, he's looking a bit ill, isn't he? The one on the right-hand side. Dear, honestly. Mad as a fruitcake. Did you know that? Completely barking mad. Poor soul. Growing a beard won't help you, love. Growing a beard won't help you. We were talking about him yesterday, strangely enough. <laughs> I'll tell you the gossip in a moment. Uh, anyway, what are we Oh, Kevin O'Sullivan. We never miss Kevin O'Sullivan. Well, we will when he's not there. I'm getting a little bit depressed about this. He's talking about the true steal for this Zoolander. This is the programme, the Great British Benefits Handout, which drives me completely mad. People with a load of children who look perfectly able to work, but for some mystery known only to themselves, they can't. Uh, also, sugar-free farm, the ridiculous Arge Argent. What a complete waste of space he turns out to be. What a ridiculous man. So he's there. So he was kicked off the jump for being rubbish. Then they realised they didn't have any more rubbish celebrities. So they had to bring him back in again. And he's uh, finished his stint on sugar-free farm by tucking into a caramel sundae. What a complete fool. And that's exactly what everybody says about him. A complete idiot this man is. I mean, I don't know what, you know, him and his dim girlfriend. In the grand Towie tradition, our Essex boy hero took the money but didn't take it seriously in fairness, nor did anybody else. I don't know why they bother with these things. Why would you waste money on him? Nobody likes him. He's deeply unpleasant. He's not very good on the television. He's just famous for being famous. And that's about it. Poor old Arge. How dimmed you have to be. Answer, 
quite dim when it comes to him. Uh, Channel 4's Royal Navy School. I have not seen it. I do want to watch it. Um... This follows the fortunes of the latest bunch of wannabes who will be turned into seafaring warriors at HMS Rayleigh in Cornwall, in theory. That's what they say, they say in theory. Uh, plus the voice, the endless blind auditions and the BBC's duplicitous obsession with backstories contained a pace with backstory. Yeah, it's not about the losers' mediocre vo- voices. It's about coming 10th in the Eurovision Song Contest. I mean, it really is absolutely dreadful. Why they bother putting William on there? Perhaps a no American programme wants to touch him. And Top Gear. As uh, Kevin O'Sullivan says, I'm feeling kind of left out because the BBC haven't asked me to join Top Gear's vast presenting team. Why not? They've asked everybody else. What sort of show needs seven presenters? Yes, it's got car crash written all over it. Seven presenters, an embarrassment, and as usual, the BBC wasting your money. I feel I can say that because I feel as I part own it, seeing as I uh, I pay. They sell jam roly-poly at the co-op, says Paul. No, 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 they do it. Aunt, aunt, my Aunt Bessie makes it, and she sells it in Iceland, and very nice it is too. It's uh, quarter to eight. Steve Allen on LBC. Let's get this morning. It's John Stapleton for breakfast on LBC. Stig is um, probably doing something Valentine's Day, I should imagine. It's a, he strikes me as being the sort of the romantic type who would probably do. I mean, I'm not saying John Stapleton is not the romantic type. I'm sure that him and Lynn do uh, romantic things, you know, and stuff like that. But uh, he's going to be here for breakfast. Uh, in for Stig. So that's just after the news at 8. Beverly Turner will be back at 10 o'clock this morning. And uh, I'm also back tomorrow morning, but it's slightly earlier than everybody else. I'll be here between 4 and 6.30. Uh, don't forget, also, uh, lots of um, things happening in town today because it's Chinese New Year. Chinese New Year, so it's Gong Ho Fat Choi. And, uh, and so there's a parade from Trafalgar Square to Chinatown at 10 o'clock, which is lovely. So there's going to be loads of food and going to be all sorts of wonderful things. So if you want to come down into town today, it would be a, a very good... Oh, that looks nice, Phil. Glazed meatballs today, he says. Well, and why not? Uh, oh, faggots. A meat, are, you have to help me out on this one. Are faggots meatballs or are meatballs faggots or are they completely different? Because there was a company, they used to have an advert on the, on the bus shelters, as Phil will remember, saying, come home to a real faggot tonight. And I used to think, well, there's a pleasing thought. And, and then somebody said, they're meatballs. And I said, are they really? And then somebody said, no. So faggots, here we go. Let's see what they're, oh, God, I'm going, I'm going to go off faggots now, aren't I? Faggots made from meat offcuts and offal, especially pork. A faggot is traditionally made from a pig's heart. Oh, God. Liver and fatty belly meat or bacon minced together with herbs. It originated as a cheap food for ordinary country folk. Oh, lovely. I'm not sure I like that, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure. I think meatball sounds a bit better, actually. They're also Faggots are also known as ducks in the Yorkshire, Lincolnshire and Lancashire area. So if somebody says, oh, look, some nice ducks over there, you expect to see faggots floating about on a river. And uh, then savoury ducks... Savoury ducks. Apparently some gluttonous man ate 20 of them. Seems quite normal to me. Faggots, gravy and peas, I think, would be the thing. So it's the minced pork. Another variation of faggot is pig's fry, wrapped in a pig's caul, whatever that is. The pig's fry and boiled onions are minced together and then mixed with breadcrumbs. It was, it was very popular during World War Two. Mr. Brain, that's right. It was Brain's faggots. In fact, I wasn't aware that anybody else ever made faggots apart from Brain's. And they sell them all over the place, but I don't know whether or not they're anything to do with meat or if it's just the inner lining of a sheep's stomach. Sounds disgusting, doesn't it? I wish I'd never mentioned it. I was happier with glazed meatballs, which have to come with mashed potato. 
They, I mean, really, they do. And so, so very popular, but mainly with you northern folk. You know, why I? You northern folk, you like stuff like that. And, um, and I suppose, you know, the, a popular dish is faggots and peas. Comes from the West, uh, the West Midlands, the black country area. And uh, they're still, it's still quite common to see little butcher's shops in the area selling faggots cheaply. Best place for them, isn't it, really, in the black country, I suppose, you know? Come home to a real faggot. So faggots, mushy peas and mash. It's got to be, hasn't it, really? And they've got to be, I know. Now I know what's in them, I'm not really sure I want to go down there. I'm going to stick with meatballs. I like meatballs, actually. I do like meatballs. I, I couldn't make them. I know it obviously can't be that difficult to make things like that. I suppose you just sort of get some mince and then you sort of bind it with an egg and sort of roll them up in your hands and then and then bake them, I suppose. I don't know. Glazed meatballs today. Oh, so no traditional roast in the house. Meatballs. See, the trouble is, now what would be acceptable? Come on, tell me this. How many meatballs would be acceptable on a plate? If I'm, when I go out to supermarkets and they say, feeds a family, and I look at the size of these portions and they, a family of what? Mice? And so, if you're serving meatballs, and they're not, they're not generally huge, aren't they? How many meatballs would you serve to one person? If, if, if you did meatballs with mashed potato, probably uh, peas and sweet corn, or something like that, and you've got some, some gravy as well, some nice onion gravy. How many meatballs would it, I mean... Two. Two meatballs obviously wouldn't be acceptable, would it, really? That's a bit small, a bit stingy. Four meatballs. OK, four. Yeah, I would think probably between four and six meatballs would be... So if you're doing a family of sort of four or five people, you're cooking about 30 blooming meatballs, aren't you? And I'm assuming once you've made the things, you just cook them, you know, on the, on the, on the hob after you've browned them off in a frying pan. I'm assuming... I don't know. I don't cook, as we are, we're all very well aware if you listen to this programme on a regular basis. So uh, you could have that today. Whether or not, whether or not uh, Phil, that's an aphrodisiac, I don't know. I've never thought about meatballs as being an aphrodisiac. <laughs> I don't know. Could be, I suppose. And um, when we needed to convert the dining room to a bedroom for Mum before she could safely leave hospital, we tried to find somebody, Steve, who wanted the piano. Nobody did. Nobody did. So we, 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 we smashed it up. We tried everything, she said, but we actually told Mum that it went to a good home. Oh, my parents, when our, when our dog died... My parents said it had gone to, to live with different people. So I believe that our, our dog had gone to live with it and it hadn't at all. It had died. I think they'd had it put to S-L-E-E-P. Totally convinced. One, well, it, it took me... Well, I don't know. I was told when I was about, um, about 11. 23? 24? I don't know. I mean, I just one day the dog was there, then the next day it wasn't. I said, where is it? Oh, it's, it's gone to live somewhere else now. It's proving to be a bit of a handful. Yeah, you've had it, it euthanised, haven't you? I could just tell. You know, you look at people's face. But when you're young, you kind of get over things a bit quicker, don't you, than, than when you're sort of very, very young, in which you go, ooh, where's the cat gone? Well, there was this truck, and you have to try and explain it to people. It's not good, is it? Not good at all. But no, we had the dog. We've still got pictures of it. It was lovely when it was... It was a little cocker spaniel. Absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. And I keep looking at other people's dogs. I shall see loads of dogs this morning in the park. And that'll be quite nice. But you sort of look at some people... Some people have got enormous dogs. And you think... And they're also covered with hair. So when it rains, they get soaking wet. And then they get muddy. And, oh, dear, it just drives you mad. Absolutely drives you mad. Would you believe that we've just about had our time this morning? Would you believe that we've celebrated Valentine's Day morning together... And I haven't been bitter about it. I haven't been annoyed that I didn't... Sorry. 
doesn't get any cards or anything like that, or flowers or chocolates. It doesn't bother me. I don't care, right? I really don't care. I'm trying to sort of, I'm trying to be big about it and going, listen, it's only for certain people. It's not for me anymore. I just have to accept the fact that that side of my life has disappeared completely. Christine reckons honey and lemon is on crumpets. Oh, you are mad, aren't you? Are you ill? (laughs) Honey and lemon on crumpets. Honey, probably, not lemon. I think, have you got a cold or something like that? And you're sort of, honey and lemon, that sounds disgusting. I remember once I, w- I went round to, I was in working in Austria. And one of the girls invited a few of us round for Sunday lunch. And she did pork, which was fine. Except she then completely ruined it by squeezing lemon juice onto it. Which completely destroyed it. It was absolutely awful. And I remember it to this day. Isn't that funny? Out of all the things you remember, I remember this pork. And she went, oh, just pour some lemon juice on it. She had a little jug of lemon juice. Poured it on there. Oh, it's disgusting. There's obviously certain things that you can't do. But I think today it might be, I might have to go out and sort of, I don't like copying, Phil, but I might have to sort of copy and do some meatballs and just do them with an onion gravy and some mashed potato. Oh, yum, yum, yum. And a mashed potato. That sounds quite nice, doesn't it, really? Be another thing I'll ruin, I can tell you. Uh, Front page of the papers, JB, I want Cheryl back. So he's sending her a present today. Lovely. Perhaps divorce papers would be nice. Uh, Levi Belfield has hit a new low. He's blamed the police for upsetting the family of Millie Dowler. To be honest with you, I mean, you, you read stories like that and you just you wonder how the family cope with it. Uh, Our Love Lives by Anton Deck. I'm assuming separate. I'm hoping separate. The Real Happy Valley Exposed. I've been a fool, says John Leslie. So nobody argued with that one. A glass of champagne and then my husband took his own life. The incredible story that moved millions to tears. I still question whether or not it should have been shown. I mean, is it something people want to do? You know, the end of your life, you want it to be filmed so they've got a record of it. Uh, The Germans, you can't survive without us. This is uh, Angela Merkel. Any other country, Angela. Apparently in Germany, it's Angela. I ask you. Spelt the same way as well, but uh, we had that with somebody else's uh, pronunciation. I can't remember what it was, actually. But um, Taunt. That's right. Bunsen. Bunsen. It's Bunsen. In the same way, I suppose we should call it, you know, Paris, not Paris. It should be Paris. You know, and the Tour de Fell, as opposed to the Eiffel Tower. It's just, well, the first time I heard somebody pronouncing it Bunsen, I started thinking, yeah, OK, that's fine, isn't it? But it just sounds a wee bit pretentious. Uh, the, oh, look, the Independent. Oh, no, there it is gone. And, uh, no, very quickly, sorry. The Sunday Express, free inside, Sarah Beanie's Guide to Online Dating. Answer, don't bother. Oh, and a free packet of muffins. I've had a look through it. I can't find the blasted things. Must be in there somewhere. And uh, what award is music to Lily James's ears? I do not know. Do not forget that my in-conversation with Frederick Forsyth and James Martin is back this evening at nine o'clock on LBC. It's They're both excellent, both excellent. We had a slight problem, I think, with the beginning of James Martin's interview. There was uh, we, had, uh, we had some technical difficulties. Uh, as we were doing the interview, I remember thinking, what in God's name is that? But anyway, once you've got over that, and it only lasts a couple of seconds, uh, it'll be absolutely fantastic. And you can download this programme as well. It's available as a podcast later. And you can see just how nice we've been about Valentine's Day. As I say, in the, in the fight of, you know, everybody else going out there and quickly rushing out, going, oh, God, I forgot Valentine's Day, and uh, going out there and trying to buy loads of things and flowers and, you know, would you, I don't know. You can't really buy somebody a Ginsters, can you? I mean, a Ginsters for Valentine's Day would not be the kind of thing, but if you pull into a garage and that's all they've got, you're kind of stuck with it. So I wish you a pleasant day and hope you'll join me at 9 o'clock this evening and you'll join me tomorrow morning for, uh, for more Steve Allen as we head through another week. What will the papers bring, ladies and gentlemen? Always a revelation, isn't it? So have a nice day. Wrap up warm. If you're in Scotland, you've got more snow on the way, which, lovely to look at, not great for driving. <laughs>